I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. I'm wear a captain suit the, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one this for is the chemistry lab. I'm just verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation, which means two things. It means Dan from Wildcat Sports Pub at 1230 as we uh, celebrate National Pizza Day. And it means the Hall of Famer, Jim Beheim, 1 o'clock. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout, 315-437-7644. Although I have a feeling, Paulie, that phone lines are going to be kind of quiet today because the the selfish point guard who doesn't deserve to be on the court at the end of games has oh. now closed out two straight games. You're coming out firing. I and, like it. Uh, I like this, Steve. And the other guard who doesn't deserve to be on the roster just dropped 26 last night. So we should have a relatively quiet day. Yeah. And the Hall of Famer added one more win to his collection. So what are we going to talk about today? I don't know, Steve, but I was just uh, laughing. We've got Jim Beheim on the show, and I was listening to the Open, and I asked that question last year and kind of got a smacking down about it and at the end you were trying to save me i you're, was trying to like, save you all right one last question <laughs> for you coach and let's just move kept, on he just kept talking over you that was funny i was just noticing that just noticing that we've heard it every day for, i know uh, but, it, but now it just it's funnier because i've gotten called every word in the book because i don't ask him tough questions and i asked him that one and got smushed for it he also, you know, I was laughing. He smushed me last year, too, because I said Syracuse should be in the top five of recruiting in the ACC every year. But I'm soft. 76-67 last night. Uh, back-to-back road wins. Um, you know, it, it very similar games, right? On the road against a team below them in the conference standings, a game they should win, a game they were behind in the second half, had to play well down the stretch to do it, and... Um, and won, and again, ended up winning handily in in, in both cases. Uh, what stands out to you from last night slash both these games that we saw, BC and Florida State? I want to ask uh, Coach Beheim this question. What stood out to me was Syracuse couldn't stop McLeod in the first half, and it felt like Leonard Hamilton didn't play him in the, se- in the second half, or or did Syracuse take him away? Did Was he on the court, and I just... They silenced him, or you know, right? Did you notice that he had his career high in the first half, and then only two half points in the second half? I, I do think that SU's defense got better as the the game went on, and, and Jim Beheim talked about that afterwards last night. Um, and listen, Florida State is is not a good three point shooting team, and and we knew that, and they got off to a miserable start shooting the basketball. Then they hit four in a row, and had that six point lead at halftime. But eventually, the law of averages takes takes over. And they got back to shooting the basketball like Florida State in the second half. And, um, you know, Syracuse pulled ahead and, and then pulled away. And, and, and the guards were a big reason for that. Um, but I did think defensively, defensively they got off to a, a poor start. You know, Florida State was picking them apart with the high-low. And they made a couple of threes on top of that. And I thought Syracuse did a, a better job taking away both things as the game went on. And, and especially in that second I half. I also want to ask, Coach, whose responsibility is it? 
of the guy at the free throw line because it drives me nuts sometimes. Like Cleveland got in and hit three basic, basically free throws. So they were free throws because nobody was guarding them at that point. Is the guard supposed to fall back? Is the center supposed to come up? Because if the center comes up, they lob over him. Was it the forwards' fault for not covering the center? I, it, I, I'm not sure it's a simple answer, um, but I think you can ask him. And I, and I do think some of it is um, based on personnel of the other team and and who's on the floor and and, and what they're focusing on and, and keying on. But but who's supposed to stop the lob if the center goes up? It's a it's a good question. My next question. What, You're asking me all these questions. Okay. What the hell got into Chris Bell last night? Yeah. Six rebounds, missed a lot of shots, but it also shows when Jim Baham says it, if you're doing all the other stuff, you're going to play. Because he, he could have easily said, this guy doesn't have it tonight. But he kept, let him kept, and, and keep I tell you what, And I tell you what, they were good shots. Yeah, and, you wide know, open. And as they said, you know, um, you know, and, and Jim Beheim said this after the game, he said, you, you give Chris Bell nine good shots from three-point range, at worst, he's probably going to make three of them, uh, you know, three or four. And last night, he only made one. But you're right, he did other things. He played 34 minutes. He stuck his nose in there. He was he was more aggressive last night. Um, had that one, you know, big rebound and a putback on the Judah miss dunk that came at a, a key point in the game. Uh, you know, when Syracuse was trying to fight back, they had that six-point halftime deficit, and they, you know, that made it a, a two-point game. They were down two at that point, and then Gerard hit a three right after that. Um but he did some good things, and again, it wasn't wasn't scoring. He did the other things, and and it earned him some, right. some extra play time. And you know what? Benny played 18 minutes last night, and he only scored two points. But my match game was on point last night with the five threes. I also picked Benny to have like 11 minutes or more. You did. You you, know, you, like, you, I thought you he did. was going to play a lot. You did a lot. Yeah, he he did play a lot. He played 18. Yeah, good defense. Yeah, good on the defensive side of the ball, Steve. And I tell you what, if uh, if Jesse can start making layups on a regular basis, like if he, instead of making layups like 50% of the time, if he made them like 80% of the time, how good would he be? You know, I said this last night and it was my lead and I felt bad because it was a negative. How good would this team be if the three stars could just all be going at the same time? <laughs> it felt like last night Joe was going the whole game. It, it took Judah till late in the game. Jesse had a little spurt. Man, they'd be tough to defend if they they were all going at once. Yeah, and and again, uh, you you look at each individual player. You know, Judah. I think we we've seen him get better. I I I thought Judah played really well last night, especially in that second half, obviously. But he did so. You know, and this goes back to. And I, I realize I I came across a little bit uh, you know tongue in cheek at the beginning there, but no, I liked it. But this is. This is why he's like this is why he's out there in those situations. He's a young player, right? He's he didn't figure it out in the first 15 games how to close out really good teams. He's starting to figure it out now though. And I do think that those mistakes and the growing pains that he had to go through, I think he's better for it. Last night he he didn't hang his head. I'm sure it was a frustrating first half for him. He had two points. He stayed aggressive, but he he was not out of control aggressive last night. 
No. He was in control aggressive. Now, the difference between last night and maybe some of those other games that you know people pointed to and why is he on the floor, the, the whistle blew in his favor a couple of times, which he was trying to draw fouls in the other games that didn't necessarily get the calls. He was making the shots, the and ones, and going to the free throw line and converting. And I, he, he definitely took better care of the basketball last night. He still had three turnovers, but he had six assists. And he did a better job, I thought, picking his spots in terms of when to go and when not to go towards the end of that game. He's avoided the... Charge too. He's not trying to well, go through people. He was in control. He yeah. was aggressive, but in control. Yeah, he was aggressive. not going through people. Right. And 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 that's to, to me. That's a sign that he's maturing. That he's learning. And again, I think you see last night. I mean, he he was a big reason why they won that game. I mean, Joe was great throughout. Um, and you know, Jesse had a double double. But I don't know if they win the game. They certainly don't win it that comfortably. If Judah finishes with five points opposed to sixteen, if their offense runs like it did last night, Steve, and Chris Bell hits those shots, they crush. Yeah, that they team. win that game going. They away. crush that team, yeah. and if they can find a way to do that moving forward, they're going to be tough to defend. Yeah, um, and and you just it you kick yourself, you know, if you're Syracuse because it, it, is it too little, too late? And it's it it goes back to. You know, I mean, we've talked about it so much, but the the Bryant game, the Colgate game, those those quad one games that they let slip away, it's unfortunate because they've painted themselves into right. this corner right now, and I don't know if they're going to be able to fight their way out of it. But there are there are these signs, you know, over the course of the last three weeks or so, that this team is starting to figure it out, and this team is starting to to mature and grow up and get better, and uh, and it, it's a it's a shame that their resume is what it is right now. And I know some people are worried about. Judah bumping heads with coach on the bench. I've seen that a lot from really, really good players. Really good players get frustrated with their coaches. You know, Devo used to. You know, Johnny I mean, Flynn did. Go, he said, go all he, the way back to Derek he, Coleman. He said I mean, Derek he'll Coleman did. Yeah, he'll, he'll tell you stories. You're going to see that out of good players when they're playing bad and their coach takes them out. They're not used to it. They're going to get angry. And you want a guy who's going to get a like. You want a dog on your team. You got him. That's what you and you got, and you know what you got to take the good with the bad, yeah. and that's why again that goes back to listen. He's not going to be perfect in late game situations, and he's got to figure it out. And I think he's starting to figure it out. Um, I was very encouraged by what I saw out of Judah last night, and again the big three: Joe, Jesse, and Judah um, all played well. I think they all. Yeah, I think we would look at all three of them and say they had good games. And when they have good games on the same night, more often than not, this team's going to win. Right. It'd be nice if it was. It looked smoother, though. That's my gripe. In that they fell behind? No, like, I just wish that the big three, when they played well, it it didn't, they were playing well, but it didn't look like all of them, all the pistons were moving in order. It was At like the same one time. Was, yeah, it was yeah. like one was going up, the other one was also going up, because if it was going down, then the pistons would be moving in the proper way, Steve. Yes, so thank you. That. Thank you for like that one analogy. One piston was up, and the yes. other piston was up. Thank you, thank you for that analogy, and for the visuals thank as well. You. No problem. Um, and those watching us on QSportsTalk.com could see the visuals. Yes, I, so that I know us. how pistons work. Yes. Um, so this team's eight and six now in conference, fifteen and ten overall, and you know that margin for error. This did nothing for their resume. I mean, Florida State's two oh nine in the net rankings. Like you say, like I know the losses are bad on the resume, but they would still be in this predicament if they had those wins. Also, it's just because of the way well, the schedule would, is laid out. You you would be in a better spot, but you still wouldn't be on the bubble. I don't. Well, think. you would feel like you at least had a path yeah. to an at large bid. Right. I, I don't think. Anyone realistically sees a path right now, unless 
they just keep winning. It's there. You just gotta well, win out. <laughs> right. That's that's all or you lose do. one game and then make it to the semifinals. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's there. It's just it's a lot well, of work. It's there, but it's way yeah. it's way down there. Like it, that's it's way off in the distance. Whereas if you had you know two or three more wins, but as much as you say that, you'd you, feel you better can about see it. this team with the schedule they have. A run isn't out of out of the. I mean, they, they've got they've got four really tough games coming up back to back to back to back, um, and they've got some time to get ready really for it. They don't, well, all of these teams are better than Syracuse. Yeah, they'll probably be dogs, but right. So I mean, that that makes them tough. If you're playing four straight teams that are better than but, you, yeah, but I don't know. Like you said, Clemson, come on, Pittsburgh, come on. <laughs> okay, whatever. You're coming around on Clemson. NC now. State, come on. NC State's got a really good player. NC State is like secret. Like they're sneaky. They're, good. they're sneaky good. They're, they've they've snuck up on people. They're quietly nine and five in this conference. And and you're right. They've got a. You know, I was talking with Jerry before we came on the show today uh, for the TV Humble version break. of Orange Nation tonight. It's a, you know, little shameless Name plug. Robert. Seven to seven thirty tonight on News Channel Nine. Um, you know, he he called their backcourt elite. I mean, it is. They've got an elite backcourt. Um, it, this is a good team, and I think everybody's looking at, well, Duke is next after that. And then two road games, quad one opportunities, Clemson and Pittsburgh. This NC State game is going to be tough. It's also, yeah, it's just not it's not what it was in the past. No, I, I, You're I not get rolling it. into that Duke. I get it. You're, it's it, not it, like it, Duke, UNC, Virginia no, from and, two and, years and, ago. And it's three still years like ago. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like You still look at like, come on. although Pittsburgh almost blew Syracuse's doors in. It was the, a fluky game. They're all winnable. Yes, they're but all losable. You're right. I mean that that's the point. Um I would say Georgia Tech at home is a game that you know you, you can never there's no gimmies in this conference, but they yeah. absolutely should win that one. But How the about, other five, I mean they finished with Wake Forest. The other five games are all you know are all tough. You know what proves that? BC rolling into Castle last night. How about that? How do you explain smack that? Smack and Virginia. It, I mean, it's, it's that, conference play. That was a. That's what it is. That was like a a do or die game for Virginia Tech, right? I mean, yeah. they just had the big win over Virginia. You feel like they got some momentum. You know, they're healthy now with Couture back. They're, they're starting won, to play good basketball. Won four out of five. Yeah, and I mean, how in the world do you explain BC going there and um, B, and and the final score? It was a six point spread. BC was up double digits like the whole con- game. Conference play, my friends. That's what it is. And you know what I'm going to say, Steve? At this point of the season, Syracuse has an elite backcourt also. And that includes Joe Girard. You mean the guy who shouldn't be on the roster and the other guy who shouldn't be in the game? At crunch the, time. At crunch time? Yes. That, those, that really? That is an elite backcourt, wow. my friend. Wow. Interesting. Who would have thought? Oh, I like this, Steve. I like this. How about the? How about Jim Beheim, the coaching move of the century, to leave Judah Mintz in the game in that second half yesterday? Crazy. Crazy, What, what right? the hell was he thinking? Yeah. It rolled the dice. Uh, onions on that guy. <laughs> and it worked. All He's right. done it two games in a row. I know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Looking the fans in the eyes and saying, I don't care about you. 315-437-7644. I'll open up the phone lines, but I, I don't I don't I don't know if anybody's gonna call today, Paulie. Uh we'll take a time out here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Steve, this day, I'm not playing the music yet because it's going to shock a younger generation, this song. All right? I'm ready. It's Sir Mix-A-Lot Day, and this is going to shock people. Like, that's where that came from? And I'm First song off his debut album was Swass, and don't you wish your boyfriend was Swass like me. 
And why are we doing Sir Mix-a-Lot? Is it his birthday? Uh, there, it, this week, the release of his third album, the one that had Baby Got Back. Gotcha. Live in a fresh fruit so don't you wish her boyfriend. Swass means some silly, wild ass stuff. Okay. But that's the PG. That's the yes, radio version. Yes, it is. That's the radio version. All right. Uh, we did get a phone call at 315-437-7644. Drew in Syracuse kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Drew. What's going on, guys? How are you? Good. Uh, just uh, this is a little different call. Just and I apologize, but uh, me and my dad, we always listen to your show, and so I just, I guess, I want to say thank you for everything that you guys do. My dad's in hospice, and uh, but we love your show, and so the memory I always have is of me and my dad listening to this show and Paulie, I love you. You're the lovable a-hole. <laughs> and, uh, but I just want to say thank you to both of you for just giving me a great memory and a great time. And, uh, just to say thank you for all that you guys do. Well, it drew that it means a lot, man. And, uh, what's your dad's name? Lenny, he's, he was the guy that said yin and yang. You guys yeah, were the yes, yin and yes. yang. I, I, remember, I remember talking to Lenny. Um, l- listen, um, please tell Lenny thank you for listening and, and, and thank you for uh, you know being so supportive of us and uh, you know our, our best wishes to you and, uh, and thank you for the compliment. We really do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Uh, right. The only thing that would have made that call better, Steve, is if he said, and you know what? Fire Jim Band. <laughs> right after. No, that was super nice. Thanks, yeah. Lenny and Drew. Thank you so much for for listening. We we do appreciate it, and uh, hope we uh, we give you. Uh, it's nice you know, two hours every day me. of uh, just an, an escape to to talk sports. We try and make this fun, even when I'm telling people to shut up. I'm hope people are having fun. Yeah, um, that's that's the idea. That's the hope. It's sport, and we're talking sports, right? It's uh, yeah. It's fun. It kind of just brings everything stuff. into perspective for you, doesn't it? Does. It does. Yes, it does. When you're sitting there yelling about an 18 year old kid not being able to handle the crunch time of a Miami game, right? For the love of God, right? Thank you. Well, Drew, listen. Thank you for making our day. Uh, that 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 compliment truly truly made our day. Um, all right, let's let's get on to uh, to to sound from last night. We've got uh, Jim Beheim, uh, his post game. Press conference. He he did get in at the very end. He got into all the the stuff from the last few days. But let's start just talking basketball stuff. We we've mentioned a lot about Judah. Uh, here is uh, Jim Beheim on the play of one Judah Mintz. Yeah, what we wanted to do is when they full court, just go. He was letting them get away with that, and then coming up, then slowing down, then trying to run. Oh, you can't run passing; they're overplay. So the more you can push it and get it down there. They're going to get those opportunities. And when he did that, I think he got four layups. So that's what we wanted to do. He likes to walk it up for whatever reason, probably because he's not, hasn't been a point guard. And he needs, in certain, a lot of times you just want to walk it up and run your offense. You're playing Virginia, you have to run your offense, you have to execute. You're playing somebody pressuring you, you got to go. And he went, right. and he he finished, and he got to the free throw line, and he made his free throws, and and as we said in that first segment, he he did so under control. Um, he was still aggressive, but it was a a controlled aggression, and I think uh, I think we've seen him, and the last two games in particular, I think we've seen him kind of take a step forward in his development, Paulie. Yeah, 
And hopefully he does that for 40 minutes against NC State and moving forward. And hopefully he does it for at least another year in a Syracuse uniform. Yeah, and uh, passes, you know, and hopefully in the NCAA tournament this year somehow. You want to get to, to Jim Beheim on, on Judah's competitiveness? I will, t- I will tell you this. If Syracuse is in the NCAA tournament this year, he's not coming back next year because he, <laughs> he put on a hell of a show. Johnny Flynn type yeah, run? Yeah. So, All right, more on Judah from uh, Coach Beheim. He gets mad at himself and at me because I'm trying to get him to do something, and he's a very competitive kid, and he's a really good player, and he is probably as good as anybody I can remember getting to the basket. Um, If he could consistently get his jump shot down, which is probably going to take a while, he could average 20 and six, seven assists a game. Easy. He's averaging 15 now without making anything from outside. But he's a competitive, fiery guy, and you know, we're going to go at it a little bit. That's the way it is. Did that with Derek Coleman. Did that with, well, a lot of people. It's, it's part of the coaching. Yeah, it's part of pushing your guys, right? Um, can you imagine him with a, a three-point shot? Oh. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, okay. let's I can that. imagine it. Uh, yeah, and you know, it'd be nice if he would work on that um, in Syracuse for another year. He doesn't have to go to Oregon. Yeah, like Quincy did. That was a joke. Um, you want to go uh, to? Let's get to more uh, Jim Bam on uh, on Chris Bell, who had six rebounds last night. The, the, Brian found a great stat. That it took him seven games to get to six rebounds, <laughs> and he got them all in one game last night. Oh, he was—he went after some. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to go after the ball to get it, and I think he did that tonight. He played really well, and then he just fouled three times. I mean, just three fouls in a row. And just, just play defense. Don't foul the guy. He had good position, but. Uh, I thought the biggest difference, Chris, he was, the, the, the time he drove, pulled up, made that shot, he, he was just more aggressive with the ball. And um, Like I said, I'm shocked when he misses and when he gets nine threes. I would bet that the worst he's ever going to do is three of them, four maybe, and you know, he just didn't go tonight. He didn't shoot it real well in practice this week, so I guess that sometimes does carry over. Maybe it was the jersey. Maybe it was 52. That guy's tough. <laughs> right, he's like, 52 is a tough number. He, lo- uh, he looked mad last night. Like, someone in the chat said, I was at the game and the team looked very visibly upset. Like, there were reasons for that. Like, when you shoot like, like Chris Bell does and you sh- go out and you hit one of 50, you're going to be mad. But, like, he shouldn't be because, like, I, I'm wondering if it's confusing for him because the fan base is pumped that the team won. He, he shot poorly, but he got six rebounds, and they're like, yeah, let's go, kid. Let's go. More of that. 10.6 boards in 34 minutes uh, for Chris Bell uh, last night. You like, want to get one like more people, in here? Yeah. Like, the, uh, more about the players looking frustrated. Like, of course they do. They, you, all these kids are young, and they were dominant, and they're going, like, it's a huge jump to Division One basketball. Huge. It's a transition. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. You know, Dino Baber says that, he, I've heard him say that the 
jump from high school to Division One is bigger than from Division One yeah, to the NFL. I, I believe it, and I wonder if that's true with the NBA. Just because the only thing with the NBA is like everybody's that good. Like a couple guys might sneak through the cracks in the NFL because there's so many of them. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean it's it is a transition. There's no doubt about. It. And I know you're gonna laugh at this, but I mean even going like I, when oh, I experienced from high school to D three, like it's Whoa. it's I it, no I said I know you're gonna make fun of me. I am, but. Uh, you take, I mean, D one is you know multiply that by a hundred, so I get it because there is it's it's eye opening. Yeah, it's, it's a transition going from pretending you're on the radio in your bedroom to being on the radio is a huge. So you get too. it, yeah. So, you, get so it. you get it. I get it. I'm not making fun of you about that. Oh, I'll make fun of you. That's what we do. I knew I couldn't. I knew I couldn't. Open yeah. My why? Mouth why do you still do that? I I don't know because it it was it was a uh, personal experience. And you want to be relatable. I, it was it was a personal experience that could relate to the it's subject. Good radio. Matter, so yeah. It's, yeah. All right. You want to keep going? Let's just take a time out. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Uh, don't uh, eat a pork chop at the break either. Dan from Wildcat Sports Pub joins us now. I didn't make my s'mores pizza. I'm a bad person. I was too busy. I but it is National Pizza Day. Yes. All right. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Dan about that next on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Orange Nation. Paulie, Steve here. Sir Mix-a-Lot Day. You know, Sir Mix-a-Lot tried to grab that magic again. Of, you know, a song about a butt. With baby got back. It followed it up with put him on the glass, and it didn't quite work for him, Steve. But this is that one. You're a one-hit wonder for a reason. Can't catch the magic of body parts twice. It's, an, it's science. Is it if you're going to write a song about body parts, you only get to do it once. Gotcha. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that. All right. Uh, as promised, we said we were going to get you Jim Bayon before the end of the show, and uh, we are now uh, joined by the Hall of Famer, brought to you every week by Oswego County Mutual. And, uh, Coach, uh, you know, back-to-back wins on the road, five wins now away from home in conference, <laughs> and, and, and both these games kind of went the same way, right? You're down in the second half. You had to make plays well. to, to win them, and, and, and you got the job done. Yeah, I mean, I don't care who you're playing. It's not easy in this league. And, uh, you know, we we struggled a lot during the game. You know, I mean, Jesse's been so reliable. In the first half, he was 3 for 10. He, I mean, he never misses that. He missed seven layups. I mean, he never does that. And Chris has been shooting really well. And, you know, he couldn't make anything, and we're still right there. So, you know, you have a chance. Uh and, uh, you know, Judah hadn't scored for 27, hadn't made a field goal in 27 minutes. So, by all rights, we probably should be out of the game. Joe kept us in it, and uh, our defense got better in the second half. We took away the lob pass, finally. Uh, took too long to do that, but we finally did. And uh, then Judah got going, and Jesse got going, and, you know, we made plays and uh, and got the job done. In this league, you know, it, it doesn't matter top or bottom. These teams, everybody, tough. Boston College went down to Virginia Tech and won. I mean, you know, they've won, like, since Post has been back, they've been a pretty good team. Uh, if he'd have played the whole year, they'd probably been 15 and 8 or something. But uh, Florida State's been playing much better lately. 
think they won six or seven, six of their last eight or something. They always tough at home. Um, but, you know, we're able to squeeze out a win. So uh, it's not easy to do in this league. I, there's been some years we've won 25 games that we didn't win five road games in the league. That's, that's not bad. Coach, you brought up the lob pass. Whose job is it to guard the player at the foul line in well, a situation like that? If if you if Jesse gets up there quick enough, they don't get it in there. But if if it gets in there and he's up trying to get it, then the pass is there. The forward can't do much about it. The guy's seven foot two versus six foot six. Uh, so if if Jesse stays back, then the forward pinches in a little bit, but that guy in the 12-foot area gets a pretty good shot. We did a little bit better job of that, and they didn't do a good job of getting in there. I think we'd like to take credit for it, but I think they probably didn't get it in there as much as we did a good job defensively. It's really a combination, I think, of both. But the other thing we got going offensively and got some positive stuff going there, and I think they started to think about stuff. And they looked for some threes. We really covered the threes. Even though they missed them, a lot of the reasons they missed them, we were bothering them. We were there. So their average is 70 a game or 71. And we held them under that. Uh, once we got our offense going, it was a, kind of a different game. I think we had 29 points in the first half and 40-something in the second. So offense was the difference in the second half. Yeah, and, and Judah Mintz was a big difference maker in the second half as well. And I, I wanted to ask you kind of about his development. And, you know, we, we had that silly conversation a few weeks back when people were questioning, you know, why is he in the game, you know, when he's struggling. And I think last night, you know, we see case in point. He's in the game because he can take over a game at, at any moment. How, how have you seen him, I guess, improve in terms of not getting down on himself, staying aggressive, but staying in control while he's being aggressive? And I, I think we saw that last night in the second half. Well, it's tough. Freshman, it's a tough thing. You know, early in the year, I mean, he did make the winning bucket against Notre Dame, but right. then he had a couple opportunities where he didn't. But that's pretty normal. I mean, you're not going to make all the plays. Uh, he made seven or eight plays against Boston College in a row and six or seven or eight plays last night. That's not one or two plays. Right. That's a lot. And, uh, you know, he's just... He's a good player. He gets the basket. Sometimes he, um, early in the game, sometimes he's uh, he's just not, like last night he wasn't pushing the ball, and so we didn't get those opportunities. When he went back in the last time, he started to push the ball better and got to the basket. But, you know, he's overall been tremendously effective. I mean, people that were saying he, shouldn't do this or should I mean, now they're cheering for him. I mean, you know, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't take him out of the game and then cheer for him when he wins the game. Uh, but he's our best player in there in that position. And, you know, it's not a hard decision. It wasn't ever a hard decision that he's going to play. I have a hard decision between Chris Bell and Justin Taylor sometimes because, you know, both of them have been good. 
And last night I thought Chris was really active. He rebounded. He blocked shots. He got really good looks, got to the basket, got a rebound, put it back in, got fouled. He would have had a great game. He normally makes three or four of those nine shots. He takes them three. And he would have had a 20-point game. But he just couldn't get the ball to go in. Sometimes that happens. Coach, you, you mentioned Chris Beller. Like, he got a lot of wide-open looks like that, it, last night. Is it Was that Florida State? Or can yeah. you get those against everybody? No, just certain teams. I mean, usually... People have stayed with him. They were helping on Jesse. They were even helping on the driver. So he got really good looks. I mean, I think if he has a normal game and Jesse makes his layups, this is an easy game, but it wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't an easy game. You know, Coach, we'd be remiss if asking you about this past week and, you know, (laughs) <laughs> it's you, you know, dealing with the media is part of your job. NIL is part of your job. Coaching is part of your job. Recruiting is part of your job. You know, coach, is this still fun for you? Is like, is doing this yeah, every day fun? This week wasn't good. You know, obviously, <laughs> I talked to somebody in a situation walking away down the hall. I shouldn't have talked about, it. and I said, I should have never mentioned names. I should have said simply, NIL is helping some teams more than others, which it is. Um, the thing that's funny is I, I saw a couple articles. People said, this guy, he's he, he getting modern, getting in the modern world. you got to use the NIL. We are using it. <laughs> They're ignoring the facts. We're using the NIL. And I'm not blaming anybody for using the NIL. It was used uh, in the summer uh, to get some players to go to schools, and it's done legally. That's fine. I just wanted to make that point, and that the portal has really helped teams who are down. Uh, nothing wrong with that. And as far as the other question, retirement, I said it's my choice when I retire. I can retire today. Also, the university could decide that they don't want me to coach today. I just wasn't. I didn't give the complete, full answer because I was, didn't even know I was doing an interview. <laughs> so. But that's the way it is, and it's better just not to talk, really. But it's, uh, you know, that's just the way it goes. And uh, I've said since I got here, people don't think it's true, but I've said since I got here, the university can fire me at any time they want, whether I have five years on a contract, two years. It doesn't matter. They can say, no, you're not the coach anymore. That's just the way it is. That's the facts. Because we have one bad year. Everybody thinks I should retire. I mean, I don't get that. We've had NIT years. We've had bad years. We have two bad years in a row. 16 and 13, 17 and 15 years. I mean, last year, we were, if Jesse didn't get hurt, we would have had a winning year. But he did. So we knew this would be a rebuilding year in the sense that we're young, everybody else. In the, all the top teams in the league have fifth, fourth, and fifth-year players. Every one of them. Even Duke's really talented young players are struggling. The only veteran team that's struggling is North Carolina. And you know, normally those guys would have moved on. They didn't. So they're having a hard time to 
you know, getting it together. But all the teams up at the top of the league have a lot of veteran players. Clemson and Pitt and, uh, you know, Wake Forest, Virginia. Those are the four top teams in the league. And they all have fourth but fifth-year players as well. So that's what it is. We, we knew it would be a, a struggle. These guys, they're playing good. They're playing, they've gotten better. They're, they're playing pretty good. <clears throat> but we're going to have trouble beating these teams at the top. There's no question about it. NC State, really good veteran team. They brought in two really good transfer kids that are playing great. And they got a couple fifth years and one of the best guys in the league, Smith. So it's just a tough league. And, and these young guys, I think, have played really well. I think they've really gotten better. I don't think you can argue with that. Although I'm sure Pat would be playing different people than I am, but that's that's okay. That's normal. Coach, one more question for you. We've heard you call into the show and defend your players from the negative calls and the negative publicity. How do you deal with it? Well, I don't listen to it. <laughs> I'm not on social media, and I don't I don't read stuff. I just don't. So every once in a while, I hear something, but I. I really basically, I listen to music, you know, it's one thing that's helped my music game. Uh, I just listen to music when I'm going in, so it's, uh, I don't hear that. So if you listen to that stuff and hear it, you just you can't win. It's, it's out there. You know, whoever you are, in a position of wherever, where it's a public position, a president or any anybody, you're going to hear it. it's going to be constant. The general manager of the New York Yankees is he gets twenty thousand social media hits a day against him. It's just the way it is, and you just don't pay attention to it. You keep trying, keep going. Um, I try to keep our players positive, even though if they're struggling, try to get them back going. I thought Benny Williams made some really good plays last night. Nobody asked about that. He made two steals. He made a block. He really was active. He missed his shots, but he was active. So that was a good sign. But as far as me, you know, I've been doing this a long time. There's been tons of people on social media that have been against me for the last 20 years. Even when we were winning big, they were, you didn't win enough. That's just, that's part of the job. And you have to, you have to live with that. I know it's there, but I don't really listen or watch that stuff anymore. You can relate, Paulie, to yeah. people criticizing. Yes, that. I get it all the time. <laughs> uh, Coach, I can't believe they criticized you, Paulie. How could that be? <laughs> oh, he took a beating the other night on Twitter. So uh, well, he's probably defending me, and you know you shouldn't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> That's right. He's a homer when he does that, right, Paulie? Yeah, yeah don't do that. Uh, Anytime you defend me, it's you know wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Coach. Well, listen. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy a couple days off here. You know, no, no weekend game. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Big one with uh, with NC State on Tuesday. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, uh, Jim Bayheim. Uh, brought to you every week by Oswego County Mutual. And with that, we'll take a timeout. We'll open up the phone lines the rest of the way at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Back after this on ESPN Radio.